Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful that you're back. Thank you for downloading episodes day after day. Thank you for coming on this journey with me to consider God's Word and to think about the truth that we find in Scripture. And welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. You know, I am just so thankful that you are here. The Lord has just continued to bring more listeners from around the world. Um, I think we're up to perhaps 72 countries, 72 or 73, in which this has been downloaded at the time of this uh recording and somewhere up in the 970 cities or so (laughs) that this has been downloaded in since the podcast began. And so that is just um, amazing to me that God would do that. And I give him all the thanks and all the praise. And so I'm just so thankful that you're here. And I want to encourage you all to consider sharing this podcast with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may wish to come along this journey with us. Know that I pray for you regularly. I continue to pray that the Lord would draw you closer to Him and give you more desire of a desire to know Him and His Word, and that you would just realize the necessity of taking that time to spend with Him. He loves for us to spend time with Him. And what a blessing we receive when we do that. No time spent in God's Word is ever wasted. Unlike if you're if you're like me, there are things that I can do throughout the day that I think, you know, that was probably a waste of time. Uh, but we're encouraged to make the best use of best use of the time because the days are evil. And so uh, I want to encourage you, and I would and I would ask you to pray for me that I will make best use of the time because it does make such a difference and I just uh, hope that we can do that more for his glory. You know, I'm thankful that you're listening to this podcast, but please don't let this be the only time that you think about him or his word today. Please let there be other ways that you think about him, whether it's just in your personal prayer time in your closet or as you're driving or working, as you're whispering prayers to him throughout the day, um, your personal worship time. Don't don't let your only time of worship be on Sundays or on a corporate gathering. Please uh, do that daily. Um, please be working on a memory verse. Be reading the word. Be working on your own small group study or Bible study. And you may say, how in the world am I going to fit all that in? Well, that goes back to making the best use of our time. You know, the Lord's given us 1,440 minutes a day if we get a whole day, and we're not guaranteed that we will get a whole day. And if we only use five or 10 minutes, that's not even a full percentage, not even 1% of the day if we just use five minutes of that time that he's given. So may we find ways to focus on him. He keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And oh, friends, it makes such a difference if we do that. So I'm excited for us to be here today. I'm excited that you're here. Our verse for the day for February the 11th, 2024 comes from Paul's letter of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God 
except the Spirit of God. Oh, friends, this is going to be uh, something that is just so profound, so uh, fundamental, so deep, um, and such a blessing. Because for those of us who are believers, we have that Holy Spirit of God within us. We are sealed with that same Spirit. And so I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn, see what we can figure out about uh, what Paul was talking to his um, Corinthian believers about and um, so that we can see how to best apply this to our lives today. And so you know if you've been on this journey with me for very long that this is the time that I think it's wise for us to take just a few minutes to think about where we are first, though. So we need we need to get our bearings straight and think about where we are in this um, in the scriptures so that we can get the appropriate context and then better see how to uh, apply this to our lives, see what was going on. Um, and it doesn't take very long to do this. I know uh, some people get frustrated or have told me they just kind of skip over this part, but it is such an important discipline, I think. And I've learned so much in doing this and then just reminding myself that's part of discipline, going back and doing the things that you've done before, um, but just doing them over and over again to be consistent, to be steady. And so we are in uh, one of Paul's letters. We know it's Paul's letter because it starts out, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the way that Paul opens up his letters, the greetings to his letters, and he has 13 of those in the New Testament, um, are very similar. He usually tells us who he is. He usually gives us some sort of credential and then a, a little bit of a greeting. Some of those greetings are much longer than others, and we've talked about that over uh, the previous several episodes and at different times. Um, but he tells us right off that he was called by the will of God to be an apostle. That word apostle means that he's appointed to be a messenger, and he was appointed by Christ Jesus to do that. Now, we've talked about his apostleship, that it was he was not in that same apostle group as Jesus's 12 disciples that we read about in the Gospels, those who traveled with him and served with him and who uh, were given that special authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and affliction. No, Paul was an opponent of the gospel. He describes himself as um, a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. We read about that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. He was a Pharisee, and he thought he was doing the right thing. He was very religious, uh, but was more concerned about the rules than um, actually doing what God said. He thought by following the rules he was, but in fact, he and, he and many of his fellow brethren had missed the fact that this Jesus was the Messiah, the one they had looked for. And so he was on his way to persecute believers in that first century, and um, Jesus graciously met him on the Damascus Road, and it changed his life forever. And I've told you this before, you know, in previous two years of this podcast, I would go back and read those places to you, but we've done that enough, and so 
Not that it's not important, but I want to encourage you to go back and read. Just find in Acts chapters 9 or or 22 or 26 that account of uh, Paul's conversion and how the Lord Jesus met him on that Damascus road. He called out and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul, who was also known as Paul, uh, said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And then he gave him very clear direction. Um, Paul went on to Damascus. He was blind. God sent Ananias to come and and help him receive his sight and to uh, give him his commission to tell him what he would be doing, that he would be going to uh, spread this good news of the gospel uh, to his fellow Jewish brethren, to the Gentiles. He would come before kings and that he would suffer for the name of Christ. And we've talk, uh, talked about that. But once Paul realized that, and God knew this, God created Paul. God had chosen this, Paul, uh, to do this before uh, Paul ever was. Um, but once Paul uh, was given that mission. He followed it wholeheartedly, and he wanted people to know he cared. The love of Christ, he says, compels me or controls me to do this. And I think when Paul saw how God graciously forgave him and took him from a blasphemer and a persecutor and a murderer to um, one who could be a a champion for the gospel, and one who could just be saved and have eternal life. He wanted others to have that. And I love what he says um, in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, and this was very much, I think, what drove Paul um He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That gospel was that we're all sinners, we're in need of a Savior. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to uh, to die for us, to pay that penalty for the sins that we commit. Um, And he died on the cross. He was the sacrifice. He spilled his blood for us. And he was completely sinless here when he walked on this earth. And that's why he could be that perfect sacrifice. And um, he died on the cross. They placed him in a tomb. And on the third day, he he, uh, was resurrected in full bodily form. He was seen by many for several days. And then he ascended back to heaven where he's at the right hand of God. And he's coming again. And those who believe this and accept this gift of grace, this gift of salvation that he offers, will receive that. And we can have eternal life. Those that reject it and rebel will be uh, forever separated from him, but not after they have bowed the knee. Like we talked about yesterday when we were in Philippians, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, whether they were believers here during their time on earth or not. And so, oh, friends, it's so much better to do it now. If you don't humble yourself on your own, God will humble you. And that is something we must remember. But anyway, Paul wanted people to know that. And after he had 
uh, had his Damascus Road experience. He went away to Arabia for about three years, and then he came back and started on these missionary journeys, and he went to Corinth on one of these journeys. And we read about that in Acts chapter 18, and he spent about a year and a half there. So he cared very much for these Corinthian believers. Um, he had invested a lot of time in training them and teaching them and doing life with them. And I would encourage you to go back and read First uh, Corinthians chapter 18. It tells about how he, he went into town. He went to the synagogue first, which was where the Jewish believer, the Jewish uh, folks were. And then invariably and often uh, when he would go to the synagogues that they would then run him out of town. And that's what happened. So he went from there to the Gentiles. And so he he shared the good news of the gospel that this uh, this good news is that we can all be part of God's family if we'll believe. We can all receive his inheritance. We can all be children of God. It's not just the chosen people, uh, the, the Israelites, who would receive his blessings. And so, and that was a big shift in what had gone on for several years, although God had said it would be that way all the way back when he promised to Abraham that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. But anyway, Paul spent this time with the Corinthian believers, and then after a time, he left. But after he went away, he heard that there was some trouble in the Corinthian church, and so he sent back this letter of 1 Corinthians to address some issues. He had heard about divisions they had in the church, and then they'd also sent him a letter. And in the latter uh, few chapters of this letter of 1 Corinthians, he asked answers, I'm sorry, some of the questions they had asked. But I want to start here and um, let you see kind of what was going on. Right off the bat in chapter 1, he starts to address these divisions that had arisen in the church. Some were saying, I follow Christ. Some were saying, I follow Apollos. Some were saying, I follow Paul. Some, I follow, I follow Cephas or Peter. And Paul was trying to remind them that even though God had sent leaders, God had sent apostles, it was not those that we were supposed to follow. Ultimately, we were supposed to they were supposed to follow Christ. And while it was okay to uh, imitate or do things like other uh, devout Christ followers were doing, ultimately we were, uh, we, they are not supposed to follow a man, but we're supposed to follow Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And um, he was starting to explain that. And he was talking about how the wisdom of the world is but folly to God. And the, this, this, uh, cross of Christ seems foolish to people. And we spent one of our podcast episodes talking about that God chose what was foolish in the world or from the world standpoint to shame the wise of the world. <laughs> and God chose what was weak in the world to, cha- to shame the strong. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so if it seems to make sense with by the world standards, it may not be the best way to think about it because God's ways are not our ways. And so he's getting ready to talk to them and say, you know, when I came to you, um, even though he was sent by God with a very specific mission, um, it wasn't in, you know, really lofty speech or, or uh, eloquent words or fancy talk like some of these worldly false teachers and false apostles, because another thing that he did in his letters was, as we've talked about, was to really warn them about false teachers and false apostles. So I want you to hear what he's getting ready to talk about as he's uh, explaining this and talking about the wisdom that is given 
um, by God is different than worldly wisdom. So here he says in chapter two, verse one, leading up to our verse for the day. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, and that's according to the world, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men." but in the power of God. Do you see that? He wasn't coming uh, from the standpoint that the world thought was wise or lofty or powerful. It was so that they would see the demonstration of God's Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 6, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And then here's our verse for the day. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And I'm going to read just a little past this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So do you see what Paul's saying here? He's saying, I didn't come to you in worldly wisdom, but the things I shared with you are from God's Spirit. And it's God's Spirit, that same Spirit that understands and knows the thoughts of God that he's imparted to us so that we may understand the things of him. I just love that. And that's a very, um, it's a deep concept, but it's something that's so important. Um, now, are we going to know every single thing that God knows? No, but he's gracious enough while we're here in this human uh, flesh to allow us to know some of those things by his Holy Spirit. It says for our verse for the day, for who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? And then he says, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And we have received that spirit. We've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And we must, we mustn't uh, take that for granted. And we need to think about the weight of that, how gracious God is that he would give us his Holy Spirit. And, you know, we talk about this frequently over in Ephesians chapter one, verses 13 and 14, where uh, we've Paul lists many of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And then in verse 13, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed 
with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Jesus also talks about how that Holy Spirit is our advocate and our helper, and it guides us in all truth. And um, we've talked about just how God directs us, how he gives us those spiritual gifts to carry out his will, um, how he gives fruit of the Spirit or evidence that we have God's Spirit within us, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But uh, just thank Him and think about the weight of the fact that God's Spirit that knows His thoughts, that knows how everything was put together, also has been granted to us. And we are sealed with that Spirit. That means His uh stamp of ownership is on us because of his Holy Spirit in us. Uh, the authority, it has the uh, the backing of all of his authority uh, because he has sealed us with his Holy Spirit as believers. And I, I want you just to thank him for that, give him praise, and may we uh, then walk in the Spirit. May we not quench the Spirit. May we um, Ask for God's Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us, and may we listen so that we can do what he would have us to do, all for his glory. And uh, just thank him that he would love us so, that he would allow us to be one with him and with the Son. And uh, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed at times when I think about his goodness and that he would do that for us. He could have just given up and said, nope, you're too far gone. You're too much of a sinner. You've messed up too many times. Um, I'm done with you. But no, he's given us his spirit as a deposit of our inheritance to come. And then we can know what he would want us to do. We can know more of his will and more of his thoughts because of that he's graciously given us his spirit. Thank you for that. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.